Binge Mode is brought to you by the Google Assistant. With the Google Assistant, you can complete over one million actions on your phone, in yeah. your car, and yeah. around the house. Yeah. When I'm on the go, Ooh. I love Who doesn't? using Google Assistant to find what's nearby. So if I'm in the mood for sushi, let's say, I just say, hey, Google, find sushi nearby. Download the Google Assistant. Binge Mode is also brought to you by TheRinger.com. What a great website. On the site today, you can find Claire McNear on how my beloved Yankees, <laughs> lifelong Yankee fan, will fare in the upcoming MLB season. Also, on The Ringer Podcast Network, please check out The Recapables every Sunday, wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. William Simmons, Bill Simmons, Podfather, yes. and I will be reviewing each episode of the Showtime original series, Billions. If you're just catching up on Billions, please go back and listen to the binge modes that we did on seasons one and two. Yes. And then check out Recapables every Sunday night moving forward. Also, check out Recapables on Atlanta every Thursday night. Warning. Binge mode contains adult content. This episode of Ask the Underscore, we may or may not delve into the question of which Weasley got it in during their years at Hogwarts. Certainly Arthur did. Mm-hmm. Because as we know, he still has the marks. Indeed. Woo. So if that's too hot for you, too spicy, too gingery for you, please check out the recapables. And now, binge mode. Hello! Yeah! And welcome to Binge Mode. Yeah! I'm Mallory Rubin, deputy editor of TheRinger.com. What a (laughs) great website. Joining me today. Yeah. Now that he's finished telling me how CeCe's dealing nails. He's dealing those nails. Have you seen him deal the nails? Which is a metaphor for the action of pitching, which he is. Great edit. It's our Yoda. Yeah. Your maester, ringer, staff writer, Jason Concepcion. Let's go Yankees. Now it's Sev season. But before we look ahead to opening day, some quick reminders. Every Thursday on Binge Mode Weekly, we'll be diving deep into the topic that's obsessing us at the moment. And later this spring, we'll be diving into Binge Mode Harry Potter. Yes, when it's hot, but not the hottest. When it's hot, but not the (laughs) hottest. Diving into it like the second task. You'll be able to find both Weekly and the eventual Harry Potter pod on the same feed, so stay subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And guys, while you're at it, if you like Binge Mode, if you like what we do, go ahead and rate and review us. Five stars only. We also want to remind you that we'll be at this spring's Con of Thrones in Dallas, Texas. More details to come. But gosh, we'd love to see you there. In the meantime, please follow us on Twitter, at binge underscore mode, aka the underscore, and join our new Facebook group, which is just for Binge Mode fans. And things are popping in there, guys. Popping. Keep your eyes peeled for wags, meanwhile. Just a good life rule in general, though. This week on Binge Mode, we are answering your outpost once again on the latest edition of Ask the Underscore, our recurring mailbag series that we just really love doing. It's just great to hear from you guys. Can't give the kind of blanket spoiler warning that we usually do, but requisite spoiler warning for today's binge, as always, we will be going deep on details from the things that you guys asked about. So if you hear a question about a topic that you don't want spoiled in that particular area of the show, you know, proceed with caution. That's right. Pull on your pinstripes, if you're Jason. Burn them in the fire, yeah. if you're me or a fan of any Life of the other teams in the major fan. leagues. <laughs> because it's time for Ask the Underscore and First Pitch. Guys, you sent us so many good questions this Great week. We, we were just really delighted. And it's it was really, truly tough to narrow it down to 10. But we want to say tough stuff, tough stuff. Thank you, as always. And we're going to do this again soon. Number one. Let's start with a little pop culture. Ooh. Number one. This is from Dave. Hello, Dave. Ready Player One Ooh. thoughts. I am worried it won't translate to the film, even though Spielberg is a genius. What do you think, Dave? What do you think, Jason? You're sure. not Dave. Either one. <laughs> Well, we've talked about this book a lot. This is a book that you can read in like a day and a half. I hope so, because I need to reread it before next week's (laughs) podcast. The story, I thought it was one of the best stories I've ever read at encapsulating why people love video games and just like video game culture in general, like the best parts of it and the worst parts of it. I thought that Ernest Cline is not a great writer, but the story is very good and imaginative. And I really enjoyed the book. All the things we've heard so far from the people who we trust, 
mainly Cam Collins and Sean Fennessy, seem to indicate that this is a really fun movie. Maybe that's not the case, but I'm certainly excited to see it. And truthfully, there's no one better to adapt a story that is largely based on various 80s references than a guy who had much of his heyday during the 80s. It's interesting how the element of 80s nostalgia in particular seems to be the thing that people are concerned about, like almost worried that maybe Spielberg and the people making this film adaptation will lean too heavily into the references, maybe at the expense of building out this world fully, building out the Oasis fully. I hope that that is just the product of the way the trailers were cut because it has been interesting to see how the narrative has shifted very quickly. You know, when the book came out, really popular right away, there was a very predictable and and large sort of surge of when will this be made into a film among the fans because it's so visual. You see it so clearly in your head and it makes perfect sense that you would see it up on the big screen. And then once the trailers, you know, the news broke about who was going to be in it, how it was going to be made. And then once the trailers started coming out, I think the general consensus was, uh-oh. this looks bad. Yeah, like, uh-oh. Yeah, and some of that is because maybe that's not how you envisioned Parcival's avatar. Yes. Or that's not the kind of casting you had in mind. Yes. Or you didn't think you were going to see the Iron Giant in every right. single <laughs> bit of promotional imagery right. from the film. But as you said the actual initial wave of criticism from people who have seen the movie and not just a 90-second or two-minute boil-down version is this is, like, damn fun. And I think that a story like Ready Player One, and we're going to talk about this at length next week, you can parse it in a way that it's more than just about being fun. And there's a lot there to assess about the nature of humanity and where we're going as a civilization and why we make the choices that we do and what that says about us and how we're choosing to live. But at the end of the day, for the movie to be successful, it needs to be damn fun. And if it is, that's a good sign. So I think we've gone from excited to concerned to cautiously optimistic. Does that feel like the right assessment? I'm certainly looking forward to seeing this movie this weekend. I am too. I'm looking forward to rereading it too and brushing up a bit. Shouts to Tracer, who is in the trailer tracer a dps character from the game overwatch number two from ross mallory and jason as the baseball season starts this week what are your expectations for the o's and my beloved pinstripe yankees which i believe is how they say it i bleed (laughs) of pinstripes mal famed lifelong yankee fan how are you feeling about the o's i'm so glad that you and ross asked (sighs) Uh (laughs) uh-oh Heavy sigh. (laughs) A sigh of deep foreboding. You know, I've given a lot of Manny Machado-centric podcast speeches lately, and so I'm going to try to broaden this beyond just Manny and my deep-seated angst. Yeah. How am I feeling? You know what? I will never enter opening day feeling anything but joy and possibility. You know why? Tell me. I love baseball. Yeah. And the baseball season is really, really extremely long. Very, very long. And so if you don't talk yourself into believing, at least at the outset, it's six months of misery. I feel like October was like three weeks ago. I know. The playoffs were incredible. The playoffs the last couple seasons have been incredible. I am invested in this season in a couple different ways. One, just as a fan of baseball, period, I think that more mainstream sports fans who didn't necessarily care about baseball before or like, oh, wow, the Yankees are good again. The Dodgers, the Cubs, all these major teams, you know, the Astros and the Cubs tanking successfully and then winning championships. All of these young star players kind of energizing the masses. Shohei Otani is in the majors now. This is just a great time to boot up MLB.tv and get excited about something that you're seeing. The Orioles are not necessarily a part of that in a meaningful way, but it is most likely devastatingly, but most likely my last season with Manny Machado, my favorite player on my favorite team. Sorry about that. And I intend to cherish every single second that I can. I also think that low-key, some of the classic peak Duquette moves that he made recently, Andrew Kashner, Alex Cobb, like in a vacuum, are those going to turn the Orioles from a fifth-place team into a wildcard contender? No. Can I talk myself into thinking that they will for like three weeks? Maybe. Right. I'm going to try. Maybe. I think that the Orioles and your beloved Yankees are both Yankees. projected to break the all-time single-season team home run record. So at a minimum, I know I'm going to see a lot of offense. Yeah. I truly cannot wait to watch Manny Machado finally play shortstop. His natural position, they're moving him there in the major leagues at long last. Who knows? Is this the last time I get to watch Adam Jones? And once he's finally healthy again, Zach Britton is Orioles. Will Chris Davis stay healthy? Will Mark Trumbo hit? Is Trey Mancini legit? 
Can Kevin Gaussman and Dylan Bundy ever be good for sustained lengths of time? Maybe the answer to all that is no, but I'm excited to see if the answer can be yes. How are you feeling about the Yanks? Ah, the Yankees, (laughs) who I have loved my whole life, as we know, fell in seven games, the LCS last year. I look for them to build on the success that they had last year, surprise success, really built for the playoffs. With Stanton and Judge, they have two players in the outfield that could bench press a small sedan each. Oh, easily. Easily. They're like a bo- minivan, maybe. Yeah, like they're both guys who like should be playing something else, some other kind of brawny like defensive end. So, yeah, tight in the NFL. Yeah, like yeah. why are they playing this? But fine, great. And I'm just excited. I'm excited as usual. Ben Glicksman, who is one of my cheats, who I would go to when I needed an answer for the Yankees, when I needed to fool a text friend about actually being a fan of the Yankees, said this to me. If you're looking for a version of this year's Headley, who Ben Glicksman and Yankees fans in general, I am to understand hated, and therefore I hate as well. <laughs> if you're looking for a version of this year's Headley, it's Jacoby Ellsbury, who Ben Glicksman's father has taken to calling a fragile little eggshell man. Oh my God. It's quite evocative. Wow. Harsh. Fair. Harsh but fair. <laughs> Harsh but fair. And Ellsbury, we should note, in a long line of Red Sox turned Yankees. That's right. And you as a Lifelong Yankee fan. That means something to you. There's emotional currency there that carries weight. There's something, there's some kind of perverse charge from turning a foe into an ally. That's right. And knowing that we bought that man. (laughs) This is like a very Lannisterian answer that you're giving. I can hear Tywin (laughs) saying these words. That's how I feel. It's your voice, but it's Tywin's mouth. You know, I, the ringer, MLB, staff predictions post will be going up on Thursday. This podcast will be going up on Thursday. So, you know, the timing should align closely enough that I feel like I can share with you that I picked the New York Yankees to win the World Series in my predictions. And I felt fucking gross doing it. I did not intend to do that. I did not want to do that. I definitely think the Astros are the best team in the American League. I think the Astros are the best team in baseball. I think Cleveland might be better than the Yankees. But when I was looking at it and thinking about that lineup in the playoffs, what Severino looks like he's ready to do, and I think most importantly of all, other than the home run power, that bullpen, you don't need a starting rotation in the playoffs if you have that bullpen. It's extremely upsetting because then they're going to sign Machado God forbid, or Bryce Harper, or one of the other amazing free agents in the upcoming free agent class, and they're never going to be bad again. The Yankees are back. Well, they'll be bad, but it'll be like after 15 years. (sighs) All right. And then, you know, it'll be for two years, and then they'll be back. Let me know if you ever want to talk about the Mets, the team you actually root for. I love the Mets. (laughs) I love teams owned by people who invest money with Ponzi scheme fund managers. It's a good choice, guys. Shouts to the Mets. Flip side is that Noah Syndergaard is out there posting pictures of himself holding snakes and using Slytherin hashtags. That was incredible. Like semi-deep cut for an athlete. Yes, a deep cut for a major league pitcher. Yeah. (laughs) Also shouts to Noah Syndergaard for not only that, but for going to a Rangers game last spring and being photographed, putting his fingers fully into the mouth of his girlfriend for reasons that no one quite understands. Also, <laughs> shouts to Noah Syndergaard for choosing, requesting yeah. to conduct his interviews this spring training shirtless. <laughs> Just because? Yeah, sure. And, okay. and once again, shouts to Noah Syndergaard for appearing <laughs> in the best episode, clearly the best episode of season seven of Game of Thrones, although we didn't see him really, and it took a while to figure out who he was. And I he still have a after lot of seconds. questions about where the lat injury really occurred and how much <laughs> it just, it was, pretending to hoist it, it, that spear might have had to do with what happened in well, his 2017 season. Uh, by far, not even the weirdest way a Mets pitcher has been injured. Number three, GJB512, a.k.a. It's me again. Hello. Okay. This is a great question. Pitch a... Kaiban. Kaiban. <laughs> And a Picel buddy cop movie. Oh my God. I'm just going to lean back here. The mic is yours. Wow us. Well, I think the elevator pitch would go like this. Picel, you know, he's just mere months from retirement. He's... Is... (laughs) His partner is tragically... Killed by and or is romantic poisoned. partner or a professional partner? Professional and romantic partner. Okay. It was so a very she, is complex. This someone who's using the vag clean Extremely bowl. complex relationship <laughs> there. Passes away and Picel needs a new, he needs a new partner and is assigned Kyburn, who as we Kyburn. all know, 
technically not a maester, but there's some staffing problems. You know, like Old Town is not what it once was. And he's a political appointee, really a favorite of the queen. So you have to put him in there. And then those two, you know, riding around town in a carriage, just solving crime. (laughs) And then Kyburn, of course, will be... Saying the things he, oh, Grandmaster Paisal, if we take the torso of the victim, if I could take it back to my office, just be with it for three to four to five days. Oh, horrible, man. Terrible. <laughs> Ghastly smell coming from his office. Who knows what that man doing in there. How many minutes into this <laughs> bit of cinematic excellence do they discuss... The thing about kings. <laughs> well, first, Cersei would come to Pycelle's chambers. You know, Grandmaster Pycelle, we're assigning you Kyburn. Kyburn! <laughs> she would leave, and then he would explain to Kyburn, Pycelle would, about why, man, I wish Robert was still in there, because this would never have happened under Robert. <laughs> Strength. Power. Robert Marshall, man. Great vigor. God. God. <laughs> what if you had to take them out of Westeros entirely? Oh like, Roz can't be in Pycelle's chamber using the Vagrant's Bowl. <laughs> the vag- so I think it's more than a vag. It's more than the Vagrant's Bowl. Sure, I think it's there for other does rinsing double, purposes. She, she actually double dips. I kind of feel like you got to get that area clean. Boom. First time because the hand cannot go back in the bowl after that. That's it. You're done. What if it's like Outlander and there's like a rock that ports them to a different realm of time and space? Where do you want to see Pycelle and Kaiban interact? Like, do you want to see them in, in America? See, I'd love to see them in the modern day in New York because no one would look at them. Checking in on Makusa? Yeah, just I think they could walk around chains on. You know, of course, Carbon does not have the chains because not a maester. But those guys could walk around in the robes in New York City. People would just, yeah, that's fine. I could see Kyburn having a lot of fun in the Netflix Marvel universe, like studying Luke Cage's skin. Right. Trying to figure out. He's definitely part Mm. of IGH. Like he's looking to get his Doors t-shirt and try to build more monsters. Mm, We can hold this woman for 20 years and experiment on her. Perhaps her strength could be quite useful to the queen. Mm. Number four. Jake asks, which Game of Thrones character do you think would thrive or fail? If they were dropped into the world of billions, mm. would Wag survive enabler like Littlefinger? How long in season three before <laughs> Axe and Marjorie are hooking up? Well, wow. Axe, as we know, his wife now separated with the kids and involved with Stephen Birch in, in terms of looking after Won't the Won't go money. near that sardine can of an airplane, though. Incredible betrayal by her to be like, get me Birch. Oh, my God. Axe is making up for lost time, I'll tell you. Making up for lost time and seeing what money can do for him. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. What do you think? I don't think there's like any bad answer here because Billions is really about, as we've discussed on Binge Mode, power and hubris. And so is Game of Thrones in a lot of ways. And so you're swapping out, you know, specific factors that are unique to each world. But at the end of the day, I think any of the schemers from Game of Thrones would probably be like quite at home in the... The hedge fund rat race. I think Littlefinger. Of course, Littlefinger would be incredible. Yeah, is the most obvious. He's the guy that understands the market. Yes. For this and the prior Pycelle question, we're assuming that these people are all still alive, of course. Spoiler alert. Right (laughs) Right there. But (laughs) Littlefinger would thrive. Thrive. You tell Littlefinger in season two that he can take down the Nigerian currency? Oh my God. He's got a brothel room waiting for you after that. Peter, please. I'd like to. Short the Naira. (laughs) (laughs) Littlefinger, though, imagine him looking at Axe, looking at that hair and saying, Memorable shade. Memorable shade. (laughs) That hair reminds me of a girl I once knew. (laughs) In a land far away where it's much colder. Mm. You raise a good point about Tywin, though. Certainly no stranger to tearing down houses, companies in this case. He was heavily leveraged, we should say. Yes. I think Cersei would do really well in the billions world. Mm, Really well. She 
is always looking to say to someone, the worm between your legs. That's why you fucked up and you're dead and I'm thriving. Yes. Thriving. Also, I think her new haircut would be, you know, with maybe a little bit of like a little bit of a swipe in the front with the bangs, maybe a little fade action in the back and the sides. I think she'd do great in Brooklyn. I agree. I think she'd thrive in Brooklyn. She can visit Chuck and Wendy. I feel like Kit slash Jon Snow would not be good in Billions. No, 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 no. He just would not be into this. Very tough. Though, I feel like a lot of people on Billions are probably... Great fans of the Lord's Kiss. Yes. <laughs> I think that John and Wags oh, could head to the Turkish baths and have a long, in-depth conversation about the Lord's Kiss. I am absolutely amusing myself right now thinking of John getting hit with the leaves and branches in the Turkish yeah. bath and being like getting struck once with the branch and like pulling a sword and killing a guy. <laughs> like, what? No, no, it's John. No, it's fine. That's just what they do here. How do you think Danny would do? I think maybe not great. The patience, I think, would be an issue. Very tough. Someone would, like, Mafi would mm. fuck up a trade, and Danny would literally just burn him alive. Kill him. <laughs> Tyrion would be great, and then I where think. where would Deb be, you know? Yeah. Tyrion would be great. Tyrion yeah. would be phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Who would be the best pairing for someone like Todd Krakow? Oh, my gosh. Because I think we're really thinking about the axe world. What about, yeah. like, what about Krakow? What about, who's going to be hanging out in the batting cages with Dollar Bill? Who's going to be mm. walking the promenade with Chuck, yelling at people to pick up their dog yeah. shit? Varys, I think, is too discerning for Krakow. Yeah, we're giving Krakow too much credit there. But yeah. Varys and Chuck, I think. Chuck Sr. and Varys? Is that a pairing that we're interested in exploring? Mm. Like, would Varys have doubled down on ice juice? I'm not so sure. <laughs> Where would Varys's money have gone in the the Sandicott machinations? Would he have ended up actually investing in the casino? I think Ilrio is maybe a Krakow man. Interesting. Krakow does seem like he'd like cheese. Yes. (laughs) And forked beards. Well, not in the show. Another sad change for the books. Miss those colored beards, guys. All right, I got one. Yeah. You ready for this? Yeah. Give me a scene with Dario and Wendy. My God. Wait, which... (laughs) Which Mrs. Dario? Martinez Which and new Dario. Dario. New Give Dario? me Mrs. Martinez and new Dario. So he's trussed up as in episode one of Billions season three, much like the new wood paneled room that Mr. Martinez and Wendy were in. Incredible room. Like, I don't like where are they having this done now? Where are they doing this? I think they're at the mistress's like her chambers. Man, it's a cavernous room. It's large. Imagine the amount of like Clorox wipes and Purell she has to Jesus keep on hand. Freaking Christ. Probably buys Lysol. Just in bulk. burn the room after every <laughs> after every session. Dario trussed up. Wendy is like looking through his gear. She pulls out the knife that the pommel is a naked woman. Yes. And she'd be just asking, you know, like, so you think you can pleasure a woman? And then he as he would start to brag about I've pleasured. 30,000, whoosh, the whip just comes down. He's like, ah, God. And then as she gets him to open up, she's really starting to hurt him now and he's starting to enjoy it. He'd be like, tell me why Daenerys left me. Tell me why she couldn't take me to Westeros. And that would be the ultimate pain. And then she'd That's be like, right. Wendy would be like, you're not king material, Dario, and you know that. A lot of possibilities. Number five, Joey asks, who is on your Mount Rushmore of people that fall under your category of, quote, pieces of human excrement, end quote, in your favorite shows or movies that you have covered so far in binge mode? So these are garbage people in stories we've talked about who (laughs) we like. Everyone in billions. Is it who we like or is it just like they're the ultimate examples of bad people? Is it more like, is the spirit of the question more like Like, maybe a bad guy, but someone we love and actually want to root for? Sure. Let's interpret it that way. Yeah, let's interpret it that way. that's more fun. Yeah. So, so let's put Wags up there. Okay, Wags won. Because he's probably the best example of someone who is deeply damaged. Right. Often engaged in criminal pursuits. Obviously has eaten so much body sushi that he's built up a tolerance. Jesus H. Christ. Shouts, Road Bottle! Yeah. When he's dropped his- Snorted like a rainforest yes. frog drug. He snorted the venom of a poisonous frog. Or attempted to. Tried to, yeah. But the shaman? The shaman stopped Stopped him. him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, who else? Here's the thing. So does human excrement mean that we can't do fish man? Because here's the thing. Fish man. Oh, my goodness. Fish man eats a cat. 
Yes. He knows it's wrong. Which I frown upon as a cat lover. But it's in his nature. And once sure. he's told that it's wrong, he doesn't do it again. Then he's nice to them. He knew it was wrong the first time. He was just hungry. I think it's just instinct. All right. So not fish, So Fishman will pass on. Who from Thrones is our pick for piece of shit who we can't help but root for and love? I mean, though, I'm again, not quite sure that's what the question means. Yeah, I would say, gosh, Jamie has done some of the worst things. It's got to be Jamie, right? Jamie has done some of the truly worst things in Game of Thrones. Like he's pushes a child out of a window is having sexual relations with his sister, fathered uh, children with her. Tough stuff. Allows his son Joffrey to just essentially be a, a maniac, fights and kills various people, fights with Ned. And yet at the same time, really, for me, the richest character in the entire series. Certainly the most compelling redemption arc. And yeah. part of what makes it compelling is that he doesn't ever totally stop doing bad or morally questionable things. Right. I think we could put the hound in that same bucket. The hound, a child killer. Ran him down. R.I.P. Micah. He ran. Butcher boy. Not very fast. Boy, that not very fast. And the hound is someone we root for and we love, even yeah. though he has done despicable, despicable, shameful thing. In his defense, and I think part of the reason we love him is, you know, he can't really say no to that order. Right. It's a nature-nurture thing with yeah. him. And also part of the nurture is how much of how he behaves is how his brother's actions made him and yes. how the literal marks of his childhood cast him into a certain role in life. We certainly root for him even though he's done bad things. Who else? Star Wars? Anakin? <laughs> <laughs> Kylo Ren Kylo and his Ren. extremely SpongeBob square chest <laughs> is remains the best advertising I've ever seen for girdles. Terrible guy is a mass murderer. Just an emo kid having a tough day. He's That's my listen, read. He's been betrayed in various ways, having a really tough time with various things, but in control of a fascist space organization that is constantly trying to blow up multiple planets and has succeeded at times. I think he's unquestionably a bad guy, and yet... And yet, the pull to the light, he the didn't... Pull he to the didn't, light. He did not blast his mother out That's of the right. sky. That moment's hesitation. There's a lifetime of interpretation in That's that right. moment's hesitation. And he wasn't just trying to bring Ray to the dark side. They were pulling each other. Yeah. There's goodness and light in him. I hope. I love those two together, like really two of the most compelling characters in Star Wars history, certainly together, like an incredible dynamic between those two. Let's see. How about Eleanor from really The Good Place? Really anyone from The Good Place. She is truly, like, was truly bad. She was definitely deeply selfish. Yes, in a way that was bad. Concerningly misguided in terms of the volume of shellfish intake yeah. and skinny girl margarita mix intake. Yeah. Maybe in some ways, really, the poster child for this exercise, though, you know, so much there that would lead you to say bad person belongs in the bad place. And yet, what if she just had a little more time and a little more compassion, a little coaching up? You know, what if she just got to spend some time with the text of Kierkegaard? <laughs> what kind of difference would that make? I like that. Eleanor's a good pick. That's four. Eleanor, That's right. Kylo. Jamie, though, with a footnote that maybe the hound. I'm going with Jamie. I mean, Jamie, like, you know, is Jamie's he a piece bad. Of shit? Yeah, Jamie pushing <laughs> Bran out of a window <laughs> sparks tough. a war that costs millions of lives. He knew that that might happen. That's on Cersei, though. Is it on Cersei? They were both there. The things I do for love. Bye. <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing. He could have just pushed him and be like, wow, I can't believe I did that. That was tough. Instead, he's like, quip push a child out of a window. Like, he's literally made a joke about it. Well, he's very witty. <laughs> <laughs> and now a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Google Assistant. With the Google Assistant, you can complete over a million actions on your phone, in your car, and around the house. When I sit down in the evening to watch TV, as one does, I don't want to fumble with the remote. No, no one wants to do that. So I simply ask my Google Assistant to play trending YouTube videos right on my TV. Download the Google Assistant today. We were also brought to you by Haynes. Since 1901. Long time. Haynes has always been innovative. Thank God. They've gotten rid of itchy tags. Ooh. Destroyed, and we mean destroyed. Eradicated. Bacon neck. Yes. Even eliminated odor. It's no wonder they're America's 
numero uno brand of underwear, and they just made it even more comfortable. The Comfort Flex Fit Underwear mm. is the latest innovation in comfort from Hanes. Comfort Flex Fit is cool, comfortable, and supportive. It's so comfortable. Mm. You'll forget you're wearing what it. What am I wearing? And how did they do it? With a breathable pouch for support and roomy fit. Not to mention, these boxer briefs are incredibly soft. Incredible. And the legs don't ride up. You want to replace all your underwear after you try them. With nearly universal five-star reviews, everyone is obsessed. These guys really know how to make underwear. And won't break the bank. Thank God. You can get a pack of three for 15 bucks. It's less than half what you pay for a single pair of crazy mm. expensive underwear. Hey, I'm wearing Hanes. Right at this moment, I got them on. I think they feel soft and wonderful. Jason, you know that in my household, we are... Boy, do I. ...constantly binging television. Yes. A lot of time on the couch. We're watching Game of Thrones. We're watching the Harry Potter movies. We're going to be watching so much baseball. So much. People need to be comfortable in my home. And my husband swears by the Comfort Flex Fit. Give them a try at Hanes.com or wherever you buy Hanes. And now, back to binge mode. Number six, Andy asks... Who do you like to cut down the nets in San Antonio next week? Hoping it's my Wolverines, Michigan. So this is a March Madness question. Final yes. four weekend coming up. And we got Loyola, Michigan, as every everyone expected. We I think would. we all expected that. All of us. And we have Kansas Villanova. Who are we picking to cut down the nets? Well, let's run very, very quickly through our final four teams here. Loyola, the darling, the true Cinderella of the tournament. You know, before Loyola beat Kansas State by 16 yeah. in the Elite Eight. And quickly, just a little shout to Zach Cram, who yeah. we could not do binge mode without for some research assistance here. Loyola Chicago won its first three games by a combined four points, including two game-winning shots in the last five seconds. So you could certainly make the argument this team is lucky, more so than it's good. Or maybe God is on their side. <laughs> Sister Jean, right? Sister Jean. We're going to talk about Sister Jean in a second. Shouts. This team is hot. They have won 21 of their last 22 games, and being hot in the tournament matters. And then there's Michigan, also hot. They've won 13 in a row, including three over top 10 opponents. Michigan has the best Defense left in the entire field. Kempom's fourth-ranked group. And no other remaining team in this field is in the top 10. And most importantly of all, Jordan Poole, Michigan freshman who's had a great tournament, is the star of a New York Times feature in which he reveals at great length how much he loves cats. And I just found this to be so sure. utterly captivating. Here's a quote from Poole in the piece talking about his childhood pet. His name was Bling. Poole said, pointing emphatically to a reporter's notebook. Put that in there. Wow. You got to shout out Bling. Love it. So let's pick here between Loyola and Michigan who's advancing to the final. I think Sister Jean's magic, the Gryffindor magic, yeah. all the Loyola kids in the stands with their Gryffindor scarves. Not actually Gryffindor scarves, guys. They just yeah. look like Gryffindor scarves. I think the magic's going to run out. Michigan is really good. Yeah. I think Michigan is going to advance to the title game. What about you? Loyola, I think... They play an NBA offense that is, they move the ball incredibly well. They know how to get three-pointers, and they're scrappy. They play deep. They play great defense, but yeah, I got to give it to Michigan, who just like have the higher level of talent. All right, Villanova, Kansas, on the other side of the bracket. Nova obviously won the title a couple years ago. Jay Wright looks as good as ever in yeah. a suit. Kempom, tracking efficiency since 2002, and in that span... There's only been one team with a better offense than this Villanova's team, and that was the 2015 Wisconsin squad that knocked off undefeated Kentucky in the Final Four. This offense is really, really yeah. good. And Nova also has six players who are shooting 38.5% or better from three. Six? That's crazy. That's insane. I, that's, that's why it's like Kansas, I just can't score with them. Yeah, Villanova, we have a, a nugget from Cram here that says Villanova only needs to hit seven more threes to set a new single-season record for most made threes in a season. That is incredible. I mean, this is a scoring machine. I think that Duke would have been a tougher matchup for Nova than Kansas is going to end up being. And so I'm going to pick Nova to advance on that side. We didn't really talk about Kansas. You want to give us a Kansas bullet point or two here? Malik Newman scored all 13 of Kansas points in overtime in their Elite Eight win against Duke. In the Big 12 and NCAA tournaments, Newman is averaging 22.7 points per game, shooting 55%, 55% from three, 55%. Quite good. 
That is unsustainable. Yes. But it's not that many games left. That's, That's true. a good thing. And they had the best win of the tournament by beating Duke, and they're generally battle-tested. Kansas has played an 11-ranked team this season. That compares favorably to Michigan's eight, Villanova's five, and Loyola's four. Nova, Michigan, for the prize here. Sorry, Sister Jean, yeah. who you hate. I don't hate Sister Jean. I just want to observe this. When people become old, they can be assholes, and all of a sudden it's, like, cute. Like, Sister Jean is, like, incredibly arrogant. And people are just like, yeah, it's great. It's awesome because she's old. She's like, I'm internationally known. Excuse me. Sister Jean. People are like, wow. Incredible. Here's my counterpoint. Yeah. She wears a leather letterman's jacket and a backwards hat, and she's 98. I mean, listen, I hope to get to 78. I hope to get to 38. 98 (laughs) is, imagine getting to 98. It's incredible. You buy ripe bananas at that point. <laughs> Amazing. I think a Michigan Nova title game would actually be pretty thrilling. You yeah. know, that elite defense versus that elite offense. Yeah. Unstoppable force, immovable yeah. object. I kind of think Nova might get another title here. I do too. It's just like six players shooting 38.5%. Like, can they keep doing that? I don't know. But they only really need like half of those guys right. to keep doing that to have a great chance to win. I'm sort of rooting for Michigan. Yeah. I like when the Blue Bloods get back in it in a meaningful Ooh, way, as you know. Yeah. But Nova would be pretty fun. And I think Nova it's also like fun. Philly sports fans. It's been a whole 12 seconds since they had I just, anything good I just happen, am really so. happy. They're having a great moment, as we know. They won the Super Bowl. By which I mean Markel Fultz went yeah. <laughs> <laughs> played, scored 10 points with eight assists, got a shot block, but generally looked like a basketball player, had ice cold water poured in his head. And yeah, they won the football game, like that big football game, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The but mostly it's about the Mar- bowl. Ke- the bowl, as they say. <laughs> but mostly it's about Markel Fultz and like riding that hot streak of Markel Fultz playing one game at the end of the season to go with the other four games when he kind of sort of played. Happy for Philadelphia. Michael Bowden put the Phillies at number 14 in the MLB power rankings. So I think everyone in Philly needs to chill. I'm switching my pick to Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think Nova's going to win. Okay, number seven. Baby Batman. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Baby Batman. Baby Lego Batman? Who are you? I'm Baby Batman. (laughs) Who do you think will die in Avengers Infinity War? So this is more of like a speculation warning, I guess. I got to say, like, I think this is a minor lock. Cap? Yeah, I think Cap goes. I think Cap goes down. He's growing the beard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Boy, is he. Oh, I know what you mean. (laughs) I know what you mean. He's grown the beard. He doesn't have the shield anymore. Like, what's his real role? I would expect either Bucky or Falcon, much like in the comics, to pick up the shield. I think Nick Fury is probably going to die. And then I think Tony Stark becomes like the Nick Fury guy who's just like, we need a suit. Spider-Man needs a new suit. Okay, here's I made you a new suit and I'm funding all of this. So when Chris Evans is saying that he's probably done playing Captain America after Avengers 4? Right. Do you think that's misdirection that he's like, I'm going to be in this movie one more time? I think there's no way that they would tell the truth. Right. It almost has to be either Captain America or Iron Man. Yeah. Like who else could it be? I guess like Hawkeye could die and and the series would not really skip a beat. That said, is that really no shots at Hawkeye? No one would care. No, Except literally, for the, the, there's house, no the house flipping enthusiasts. <laughs> right. And, and his, the guys on the watch. And his family that lives like in the Shenandoah Valley somewhere. But like, yeah, that has almost no impact. It has to be either Iron Man or Cap, and I feel like it's got to be Cap. Yeah, I think you're right. And first of all, it has to be somebody who another, like you said, another character can come in, assume the mantle, become that hero. It also can't be somebody new. Like it's not gonna be Spider Man. It's not gonna be somebody they're just introducing. Although that would be like ballsy and pretty great. Yeah, it has to be a changing of the guard. And you know, I mean, you can look at it from the business sense of like these guys have already done. how many movies, you know, like right. they're getting old. Well, that's the, that's the reason I think it could be Iron Man. Yeah. The paycheck alone. They got to stop cutting Downey those checks at some point, don't yeah. they? <laughs> I kind of feel like he's that magic elixir and it's like, why mess with a formula at this point? Right. Like his charm has been integral to the success and tone of these movies. I just feel like you can wean him off the screen but I don't think you can really get rid of him yet. They also changed the date of the movie, pretending it was because he had sent a tweet about yeah. it. They moved the movie up. Guess it would be strange if he like moved up his own funeral. My head says Iron Man. My heart says Cap. Yeah. I'll go with you. I'll, okay. I'll say Cap. Number eight, at that Robert Peace, a.k.a. the dirtiest of Dan's. 
Where slash when is your ideal Westworld style world? Ooh, Mal, what do you what do you think? Okay, so like not a story that we wish we could visit, but like right. real life. Like if we were saying, oh, you're gonna go, I'd go to like, Westworld, live in right. a, a western. I would like to go visit Jane Austen's England. Wow, put me in a Jane Austen novel. Interesting. Send me to Pemberley. Right. Like immediately. Put me in. Put <laughs> like me in the drawing room with Fitzwilliam Darcy. <laughs> Immediately, I will take some sherry. Now, you do realize that I guess they do clean them up in Westworld, right? Yeah. But it's like you're going back. No, they're all like AI like they ash, non breathing fucks. They have who don't brown quit. teeth, you know? They That's eat fine. meat like, you know, once a month. I'm okay with that. Okay. I'm okay with that. Also, the meat that they eat is right. probably going to be like some sort of steak and ale pie. That's true. Among my favorite delicacies right. on this earth. No refrigeration. An ale. You know, yeah. a warm, Ooh. stale ale. This doesn't sound appealing to it you. It does sound... The only thing I wouldn't like is that I would have to probably wear, like, ball gowns, mm. which is not really my jam, as you know. <laughs> but perhaps I could get away with riding gear. <laughs> that would be a look. Like, riding gear? You're talking yeah. about, like, chaps and, like... Yeah, the, perhaps I could get away with riding gear. Like a piratey shirt and, yeah, like... like I'm, in, I'm here. I want to... Uh, please, you know, take me to the ponies. Put on some riding gear and then I would just stay in that and right. never switch into the ball gowns. I could see you like walking into the estate, slapping your leather riding gloves and crop into your into your empty hand. And Channel then, my inner Wendy. Right. Throwing <laughs> your like the riding crop to some manservant and be like, take my feed and water my horse and make sure he's brushed. Exactly. Where's Darcy? <laughs> what about you? I've always had a fascination with the Eastern Roman Empire, the Byzantine Empire starting in about, you know, from the age of Justinian on until its fall in the mid-15th century. I think I would go to Byzantine world, maybe during the time of Heraclius when he was warring with the Persians. That would be kind of fun. And also, like, it was very Game of Thronesy at that time, extremely medieval. There was a Basil the Bulgar Slayer, fun guy. Now, I might be wrong about this, Basil the Bulgar Slayer, but I believe he conquered the Bulgarians and then he blinded nine of them, and then left the 10th one with eyes so they, he could lead the rest of the blind guys back to Bulgaria to let the Bulgarians know what was up. Like, I just blinded your entire army, except for the one guy who could lead them all back. That's the kind of shit wow, that went on back like then. That's like the Rob Stark moment when he's like, this one was only the Watcher. Hang him last. Crazy stuff. What about ancient Greece? Ancient Greece. Hang well, out with the philosophers? That would be fun. The cool thing about Byzantium is... Obviously, is an offshoot of of the Roman Empire, as part of Rome's Eastern Empire. But because they're centered around Greece and what is now Turkey, became culturally Greek, and right. they spoke Greek and were heavily influenced by the Greek tradition. So you kind of get that too. You that, get Rome and Greece. That all sounds great. I would love to experience ancient Rome yeah. and ancient Greece. Yeah. Send me to the Senate. Let me watch let me see Caesar. It. Get let me get stabbed up. Let me go out for a night <laughs> on the town with <laughs> Titus Pullo. You know? Titus Pullo knew how to tie one on. <laughs> Boy, did you. he. Give that guy a bag of gold and let him hit the town. <laughs> okay, number nine. This is from Chris Star. Oh, my God. This is a question about our process. We get a lot of these. We don't like to answer them usually, but. Yeah, we will this time. <laughs> how do you manage to binge so many things with your added interests of various sports, yeah. foods, books, shows, movies, food, and pets on top of your jobs? Ministry time turners? Oh, if uh, only. If only. If only. Also, Snack of choice for binging. So this is basically like, how do we consume everything that we consume? You know, last week alone, we watched 24 hours of yeah, Billions for did. this very podcast. You did. This is quite a question. Oh, my God. What you would know, you care to share? Well, you know, the thing with the time turners, Hermione had a time turner and she was even more stressed. That's right. It's not like things got easier. It, in fact, it got harder. You're also presumably, yes, logically, we think, getting older. You're getting like older because you're doing the time twice. Tough, tough look. <laughs> I wish we had a time. Honestly, it's just like we pick subjects that we genuinely enjoy. Right. Which makes it easy. That's the key. Yeah. The key is that as much as we're doing, yeah. It's all stuff we love, love and are billions. genuinely passionate about. Love Harry Potter. Love Game of Thrones. Love, guys, we love Game of Thrones. Love Game of, love, really love, <laughs> love Game of Thrones. Love everything we're talking about. We yeah. love The Ringer. One of the truly incredible gifts of working at The Ringer is that more often than not, we're, we're watching, writing, talking, editing, yeah. all about things we love and we care about. It's really fun. It's, it's a great a job. Snacks? What I an incredible racket. Well, love food. You're the snack queen. Love food. 
I, I can't. I wouldn't even know where to begin here. I don't Doritos, even know. anything covered in some sort of fake cheese. First I, of all, I have to ride for just a taco or nachos. You know, obviously we're in Los Angeles. Tacos are incredible out here. I'm just gonna go with a taco. That's like a great thing to snack on for me is either a taco or a bag of nuts. Some kind of bag of nuts. I really love ice cream for my late night binging. I enjoy placing a Postmates order for six or so pints from Jenny's Splendid Ice Cream or Ooh. Salt and Straw. Just discover the Rainbow Pot of Gold pint from Salt and Straw, which is literally a Lucky Charms ice cream. They let the cereal steep in the cream that they're making the ice Whoa. cream out of, so it's got that like end of bowl steep sugary in, milk steep taste. Steep in the cream is one of the greatest things I've ever heard. And then... They just fill it with the marshmallows. It's incredible. I love food. I love food. Pizza, chicken wings. I also love tacos and burritos. Yeah. We'll do a whole food podcast yeah. at some point. All right. Number 10. Ooh. Guys, you sent us so many, so many Harry Potter questions and we love them all. And we want to talk about every single one of these things with you at some point. Here's the thing. We're going to do a whole Harry Potter binge mode whole, soon. Whole, 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 whole. And so we're going to save most of the like plot centric, real deep Harry core questions for the Harry Potter binge. That's book. right. But here's a tease. Quick little lightning round on some of the other delightful HP inquiries that you shared. And I want to ask you this first one, if I may. I know we're yes. going out of order here, but you are literally the one man on earth best positioned to answer this in this moment in time. This is from Tiana. Debating getting a hand tattoo of the burrow. On the hand. What would your HP tattoos be or are? Funny you should ask. Let me just say the hand... Maybe you have other tattoos. The hand fades the quickest. That said, great choice for a tattoo. I recently got a tattoo of the illustration from the cave chapter from Half-Blood Prince done by Lane Freefall at True Tattoo. Shouts. It's incredible. She did a great job. Shouts to Lane. I can't believe it. You have Harry and Dumbledore on your arm at this key moment in their lives. It's so beautiful. I am not worried, Harry. I am with you. I love this tattoo. I'm so proud of you. What about you? What about me? I, as, as you know, as you know, Jay, I do not currently have any tattoos, but I have long wanted to get a Deathly Hallows tattoo, mm. a sign of the Deathly Hallows, left forearm, I'm thinking. The reason I haven't done it yet is because I can't totally decide on the location, and also I am a coward. It does hurt. Let's just put that it's out It's not there. really the pain that I mind. Mm. It's just you're committing so fully to something forever. I want to make the right choice about the where. It's yeah. like for the first one, I feel like a slightly more discreet location makes sense. And then I'm like, why bother if it's not visible? What's Get wrong? it right above the eyebrow. As you know, one of the other Harry Potter tattoo designs that I've long considered and will probably get at some point is just a little silhouette of Harry's glasses with the lightning bolt right yeah, above. So great. what if I just did that right in the great middle of idea. my forehead? Lightning bolt. Go all in. <laughs> I will... Within the next few months, be getting a Deathly Hallows tattoo. I'm committing. Believe it when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's our next HP lightning round one here? Uh, loved your bid on Fantastic Beasts. This is from Colleen. I couldn't help but wonder whose wands mm. you were each waving like you were in the top of your charms class. Whose wand chose you? I believe I had... You had Harry's I wand. I had Harry's yeah. wand and you had the Elder Wand? No. You had Voldemort's wand? No. I had... A wand that chose me at the Wizarding oh World. My God. <laughs> yeah. So I personally have three wands. One, Harry's wand, which I bought because it's cool. Two, a wand that a former college professor of mine whittled me by hand and mailed to me as a wedding gift. What a flex. Incredible moment in my life. <laughs> That's normal. Okay. <laughs> and it's a cherished possession of mine. And three, my wand that wand. chose me at Ollivander's at Wizarding World. Now, you might say, oh, I will you say. walked into that shop. They right. saw that you were an easy mark who was going to drop 50 a bucks. Anybody who walks into the Wizarding World is a mark. You know what I say? Tell me. You're a wizard. <laughs> You're a wizard, eh? <laughs> that one shows me. It is made of hazelwood, sure. which What's is, the core? So I wanted it to be a phoenix tail. Of course. Okay. Right? Obviously, fox. It's unicorn hair, which I think is sure. like still great. That's hey, wonderful. You got to put that hair. Just very quickly. Very yeah. quickly here. A little, I can I just read you the initial sentences from the Pottermore breakdown on Wandwood? Sure. Because, again, this wand chose me. I didn't pick it. And I was looking I into it. it and I was like, hazel, what does it mean? Listen to this. You're going to love this. Yeah. A sensitive wand. Hazel often hey. reflects its owner's emotional state. And it works best for a master who understands and can manage their own feelings. Others should be very careful handling a hazel wand. If its owner has recently lost their temper uh -oh. or suffered a serious disappointment. Because the wand will absorb such energy and discharge it unpredictably. On and on it goes. But this is basically a, a mood swing wand. Seems Pretty perfect right. for me, I gotta say. Mine is hornbeam with a giant's pube core. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god. Base Instincts asks, will you have an HP specific ask the underscore as part of that series? For sure. Yeah, right? why not? I mean, yes. Who can say anything with certainty? Yeah. But yes, we will. You guys have sent us so many great Harry questions. There are yes. so many things we want to talk about with you. Yes. And then finally, Elliot, are you planning on releasing a schedule to go along with HP Binge Mode just so we can keep up with you and be on the same page as you journey through the pet seat? Uh, that's a great question. In some form. In some form or format, yes. We, we are currently in the process of figuring out our exact schedule and how much of that we are going to reveal and when. Right. But we will be giving you guys as much things information are, as we things can. Things are certainly coalescing around dates. They are. It will be quite warm. Certainly not the warmest. Not the warmest. Here's one thing I think we can say right now. Yeah. If you've already read Harry, you can make any choice you want about whether to reread right. the full series before or read along as we go. If you have not read Harry ever and you want to read it because of binge mode Harry Potter, consider trying to read it before we start. Right. Because one thing we do we do want to share with you is that we will be talking about the series as a whole the entire time, even though we're right. going to be going chronologically, just like we do with Game of Thrones. Right. You know, we, we take were on, into account of the right. entire narrative. Season one, episode three, we might, in the course of discussing that, mention something from season six. Similar with Harry. We're going to be really tethered to the moment in time that we are in the story, but we will be referencing things from further, further down in the plot. So yep. just keep that in mind as you plan your read and your watch. All right, friends. Yep. Sunshine Daisies, Buttermellow. Turn this stupid fat rat yellow. We hope that you had as much fun as we did today, that you are as excited for Binge Mode Harry Potter and Con of Thrones later this spring as we are. Yeah. That you will join us again next Thursday for Binge Mode Weekly when we will be discussing Ready Player One, the movie and the book. Until then, Mr. Spanish. God, good man. I'm too old for this. I'm going to retire from the force. Before we go, we have some exciting news for all you ringer heads out there. The ringer has new merchandise. Oh! The shiny new storefront that you can check out right now, right at this very moment. We have hats, hoodies, and even an exclusive Shea Serrano disrespectful dunk t-shirt. Your friends will be low-key jealous, maybe even high-key jealous, could be, when they see you strutting Strutting. down the street. My dad didn't strut, sir, and nor do I. Down the street with an official Ringer zip-up hoodie. Previously available only to Ringer staffers, we are letting you, our loyal listeners, get first dibs on the goods. Go to theringer.com slash shop to pre-order your merch now. These are limited run items and will not last long. Once they are gone, they are gone. Again, check out theringer.com slash shop to pre-order your official Ringer merchandise today. You can also find the link to the Ringer web store in the show notes.